find your own way All you gotta do is just Welcome everybody to the Showgirl Tip of the Day podcast, where we talk about show business, old friends, and new adventures. I'm doing a segment on actors and alcohol or alcohol and show business. This season, it's just a two-episode segment, but there's more stories to tell. So if anybody would like to talk about their use or stopping of alcohol and drug use in show business, let me know. And um, we could set up an interview. For me, doing this work right now has changed my life a little bit. I have all but stopped drinking at the moment. I think I had one beer last week. And I got to tell you, I feel different. I feel better. It's a choice that I'm trying to be graceful with myself. I'm trying to not say, you can't have this. Because for me, whenever I say, you can't have this, then I want it. I do that with food. I do that with shopping. So just trying to go easy. Right now, my schedule is really busy. I teach a lot and I'm choreographing. So I'm trying to use every single brain cell that I have. And guess what? Surprise, surprise. I've lost some weight and I don't really have that belly, which is where my weight always tends to gather. So those are some perks. One other thing I've been working on is really letting go of Trying to maintain an ideal that's impossible. You know, when I was younger, I had this really aesthetically good dancing body, whatever that means, because I know that everybody is a dancing body. But it's hard to let go when you get older and when you change. You want to stay the same. You want to stay in your prime. That's a tough life lesson, everybody. The series, the segment, will end today with Aaron's tale, but there's more stories to tell, like I said. And if you are interested in coming on the podcast, please let me know. Send me a message on Instagram, showgirl tip of day. I'm here with Aaron Ellis, who is a very good friend. Aaron and I met when we were doing a company of a chorus line by Ork Lee in Atlantic City. We did two shows a night, uncut versions of A Chorus Line. So two hours and 10 minutes a night. We did four hours and 20 minutes a night of A Chorus Line. We did it. It was a great company and we all got so strong. Many of us went on to Broadway, including Aaron, who booked Tommy. Tommy was a musical based on The Who's album and it was a huge smash hit. I believe it was at the St. James Theater. Here's my conversation with Aaron Ellis, and I hope you enjoy. One of the episodes I'm doing is about alcohol and show business. Especially with the pandemic, I noticed a lot of people, their drinking was up a lot just because, you know, the fear of the lockdown and we sure. didn't know what was happening. But there's also a culture of drinking, I think, in show business in terms sure. of the parties after the shows, opening nights. I made that post on Facebook because I just wanted to hear other people's experiences. Mm-hmm. And I still drink. I really try to cut it down, especially when I worked with you a couple of years ago. You were like, a glass of wine is 140 calories. So, right. you know, that was a big eye opener to me. Just like, oh, just have a glass of wine on a special occasion, not every day. And the pandemic, actually, I'm finally in shape because I didn't have any thing to do but work out. So I right. worked out. <laughs> <laughs> 
So what's been your experience with alcohol and show business? Well, you know, I've been thinking about it. So I, so like I said, I got sober about five years ago when I opened the studio in New Jersey. I'd been trying to get sober for two years before that. And then it finally, whatever clicked, clicked. And it was just interesting, the experiences I went through after I stopped. For two years, I was crazy. I mean, just my emotions were all over the place. And it really got me in touch with just how much insecurity I have. And that's the big reason why I drank, you know, and it made me and and now that I'm I'm kind of calming down and kind of evening out, I'm actually on an anti-anxiety medication, which I never did before. And, and that also like realized how much anxiety I had. And I drank because of the anxiety. So, you know, I was so worried about trying to be who everybody wanted me to be that I wasn't really and it all really happened after Tommy, like when before Tommy, I didn't drink that much at all. Like uh, I would, you know, maybe go out and there were some times of benching, but every time I was performing, I, I never, especially Tom up to Tommy, I never, I was so at peace and just so happy that I didn't, in fact, I had boyfriends who were drinking a lot. I'm like, I can't really be around you. Sorry, <laughs> that's too much. But then after Tommy, when I decided not to do chorus anymore. Like I really wanted to try to transition. It just everything everything came up for me and I just it was so much harder because I was out of my comfort zone I think and I felt like I had so many things stacked against me because of my height and I just there's just a lot of self-sabotage that started happening and I didn't really know exactly what was going on at the time um, and then you drink and I was I was more like binge drinking I wasn't drinking every day I never drank when I was working but you get that alcohol in your system and for me it triggers more anxiety it it just makes everything worse. And so that was kind of the beginning, probably, of like a 15-year-old, 15-year spiral down. <laughs> was there ever an audition that you were hung over for? I don't think so. Like, I, I, I never, I don't remember, actually, but I just don't remember abusing alcohol the way that I did kind of after I left show business. Um, what was your drink of choice? Vodka. Okay. Vodka. You know, so just looking back, I just see, for me, you know, I was using alcohol to patch up some, you know, to try to deal with all this anxiety, which I didn't have any tools to deal with when I was in show business. Just nothing. Did you and go to therapy? I did. I did. I was in therapy for a while. And I think that kind of helped. But even then, I remember she was, she was talking to me about AA. So now, if, you know, yeah, I'm, I may have gone to a couple auditions hungover. I just don't, you know, my alcoholism when I was performing came more, it came out as self-sabotage more than anything else. Do you know what I mean? That's, I think that was like when you, when I saw your post, I was thinking about it. And I'm like, if I would have known that anxiety was my issue, I could have had better tools around then. But instead what happened is I ended up quitting show business and then just drinking myself to death to the, to for 15 years, you know? But when we were in Atlantic City doing a chorus line, I don't recall therapy oh. being as normalized as it is now. And I don't remember anybody really talking about it. I don't think I was. If you talk about Chorus Line, there was a lot of drinking going on there. That was, I was in like, I was a mess. Were you really? Because you always line. seemed, I always admired you because you, your voice was just so on top of, you were on top of your game. I didn't know. I mean, as a cast, we all went out together. Yeah. But I never was in that ultra party group that would go to Studio Six and party all night. I would yeah. go out 
and eat something with the cast after the show because I liked everybody's company. But I think I would have one or two beers and then go, especially because it was financial because we weren't making that much money either. So tell us about your journey to Tommy, because as I recall, you got the show. I was so proud of you. You got the show. So how long, like, how long was it before? um, What I'm trying to say is, when did you book Tommy and how long did it run? And then how long did you audition and try to get non-chorus parts before you decided to leave show business? So I, so my history with Tommy was I actually auditioned for, I think I started at the very first auditions and they kept trying to call me back and I was doing a, what was it, TheaterWorks tour at the time. And I was such a good boy. I'm like, I can't like cancel on them. And that went on a couple times, um, and then the show opened, and I auditioned. They were doing replacements for the, and it ended up being the last ten months of the run. And that that one, we there was three of us, and we were doing Cyanar at Westchester Broadway Dinner Theater, and we all called in sick on one day because <laughs> I was like, I'm not good business boy. anymore. <laughs> you weren't such a good boy then, were you? I know, uh, and um, you know, so that's and and it was just one of those things. I knew I was going to get it. I just. It was just, I knew, de- I'll never forget it at Prescriptive Fitness. I was on a Stairmaster or something like that, listening to it. And I'm like, I'm totally going to get this. I can feel it. And then I did it for 10 months. It was a great experience. I went on for Cousin Kevin and, you know, got really great feedback on that. And, you know, the conductor was like, you know, it's going to be hard for you, but you can do everything. Wow. And so then after that, you know, I was working with the agent and I just said, I don't want to do chorus anymore. And I think... That was, I was probably like 25. I tried for the next five years, I think, to get stuff. There was even a show I was doing Coconuts Off-Broadway. Oh, yeah. Um, and Matthew talks about that. And I like missed entrances. And it wasn't because I was drinking or anything. I was playing guitar in the dressing room. And I just like would miss entrances. And they didn't fire me or anything, which I was like, because I was so not into it, which I thought was just really interesting. And I just remember from then on, I just, I just felt like it wasn't going to happen. And then I, I just kind of stopped. Okay. And tell us what you're doing now. You have your own company. It's called so I have a, Live Life I, Moving. Yeah. Well, in 2003, I I started teaching fitness. And then in 2005, I opened up a Pilates studio, which turned into a group fitness studio. Well, what's interesting about that story is there is a company called Les Mills. I probably told you this, but they're like the, what I would say the Broadway of group fitness. So yep. they're, they hire international people. And I got involved in that. And my self-sabotage came right back out. It was the same exact exact thing. And I, for seven years, and I finally, after I got sober, finally quit because I realized how bad it was for me. So now, you know, I'm, I'm creating this kind of over 50 exercise company and what it's taught me. And, and the first, like this new version, Live Life Moving, I opened in 2016 when I got sober and for two years, I was still pretty crazy and pretty insecure. And I, you know, I'm still trying to deal with how do I hire people and not be suspicious of them and not feel good enough, even for the people I'm hiring. It's all crazy. But through a couple years of pretty intense experiences, but luckily I was sober and I could kind of figure them out and recover from the them. I really have kind of dealt with a lot of that. And, you know, what I'm left with now is just a lot less self-judgment and it's such a creative thing to have this business and I can do whatever I want to do. It's all me. It's completely me. And so through that, now I'm looking at performing again and, and looking at, at a different way where, you know, A, it doesn't, we can all use the excuse that, oh, I, you know, it's the pressure of having to make money that makes auditions hard. 
it's for me, it was the insecurity of it was just insecurity. So, you know, it's easy to say now, and I don't have the pressure to make a living of it. I can just enjoy it, which I think is valid. But also I just, I just know myself a lot better and I know what I love. And I just kind of, I'm more brave to, to stick to what makes me happy as opposed to trying to please other people. Like I can see how that as an artist, how that's so important, no matter what you're doing, whether it be in the chorus, whatever, because honestly, I loved being in the chorus. I love da- when I'm dancing. I mean, I had this big thing about people not calling me a dancer anymore because I felt like people were looking down on me and I wanted to be, you know, a principal. And I totally dogged myself because I freaking love to dance. Now that I'm sober and I've been dealing with my anxiety and I just don't have as much self-sabotage um, and I'm a lot braver a lot braver to do what I think I want to do. And I'm a lot braver to make mistakes and totally mess up and not care. Like, you know, it's not that big, de- that big of a deal anymore. It's all part of the process. Whereas before, you know, you mess up one thing and you're like, I'm, and I'm ruined. I'm not, you know, does that make sense? Absolutely. <laughs> and I love what you say about you loved being in the chorus, but yet you felt like because your career was progressing and you were the um, cousin Kevin understudy and you got to go on for him, you made the decision, oh, I'm not going to take any chorus roles. That's, you know, that is something we all as performers, of course, we get into the business because we want certain things out of it. Mm -hmm. And I once worked with a lovely lady. She was 51 when I worked with her and we did Beauty and the Beast and she was in the chorus. And she said, I don't need to have a big part. I just like being part of it. And I think I was like 38 when I worked with her. And that really stuck with me because I thought, you know what? She's right. Sometimes I have a part. Sometimes I'm in the chorus. It's just fun to be in the show. It's just fun to have the experience. And that kind that her comment really just got me through some, you know, dry spells, et cetera, et cetera. And the reason I'm doing this podcast is not to tell people what to do or say, don't drink. It's just to share information and just to get other performers viewpoints on it because alcohol is something that it's around in show business. Like it's just, it flows, you know, and I can't remember how many parties or how many events that you go to and there's a bar and everybody gets a drink and sometimes without even thinking about it you drink alcohol and you could have just been as fine with a glass of water or some ginger ale or something but because it is a party or an event everyone has a drink so I just wanted to kind of put it out there for people that you don't have to drink alcohol at any of these events if you don't Mm -hmm. want to and I'm also saying if you like drinking then you know bottoms up it's not I'm not saying that you shouldn't do anything, but I just wanted to get other people's experiences just because during the pandemic, I found myself opening some bottles of wine. Mm -hmm. And then recently I'm like, do you really want a glass of wine? Like, and all this week I've just been having iced tea. I've been making green tea with honey. When I get that feeling like I want a glass of wine and I drink the green tea and I'm like, that's more satisfying right now. Like I feel like my thirst is quenched and then I didn't have the glass of wine. So I feel pretty like I'm just making other choices and there's no Mm -hmm. right or wrong, but I'm just exploring options just because we have been in this pandemic for a year now. And I just, I just know myself, I don't want to start drinking more and more and more just because I'm bored, you know? Right. Yeah. And, you know, I think too, the fitness industry is the same way. I mean, it's big drinking industry and, 
it's also it really is it, it it for what it's worth it's it's ingrained in our culture like it's still very difficult for me to and and, and i and i actually and then i have no judgment on people who drink i mean some unless i see something but you know i'm like if people want to drink that's great you know this is about me but it is really difficult because the society we are living in a drinking culture if you look around everywhere and you look in this lens of i don't want to drink and you look at see how much drinking is attached to so many things it's it's a it's 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 a lot and you know luckily there's this been the sober movement to not not uh, just an abstaining movement, not a not an alcohol abuse movement, but a lot of people just choosing not to drink, and and that's starting to, you know, become a theme in the culture as well. Um, but it's difficult because there's also pressure. I mean, and I would think in a in a work environment, social environment, in the show business, there's a lot of pressure, you know, to to get be drinking, <laughs> you know, because it's part of the whole thing and i think we just it's been so long attached to that business that's what you do um because also i think people are really anxious and stressed out in the business it's a hard business yeah it <laughs> too, is you know um, you're right just like being you know it's it's a very stressful business um you're like you know when you're working everything's great when you're not working if you don't have depending on the person you know i certainly do not have the tools to deal with it well um uh, and I were I was lucky. I worked a lot, but you know, it's it's hard, and you've got to. I mean, they need to teach that shit in school. <laughs> How to deal with it would it. be nice, yeah. And well, I'm hoping the podcast just offers people some information from people that have been through things, that have been through situations, and I'm hopeful that maybe you know, if this helps, if this podcast helps one person, then I'm good with that you know I'm yeah. just yeah. I'm here to offer information and also tell the stories that because we had such a good time also and we had so mm -hmm. much fun my little songbird Aaron <laughs> used to sing constantly as he was making himself a sandwich he would sing <laughs> and that beautiful voice are you singing again I'm trying to get back there I did start that was I mean it was a I started you know Rick do you know Rick Ryder yeah. Um, I've been taking voice lessons with him every once in a while. And it's been such a great experience. And again, it's like being brave enough to sound ugly to get back to where I need to go. And uh, it was, you know, that when I was performing, that was the one thing I never did. I would never study. I just never, I didn't, if I would have taken acting lessons, I think things would have been totally different for me, but I wasn't brave enough to do it. You know, I wasn't brave enough to take the time to work on the craft. Like, you know, I just wanted it all right away. I needed that gratification right away. And, you know, looking back when you were talking about being in the course and what that woman said, you know, it's just about the work and enjoying creating something no matter what it is. And instead of having to achieve all the, most of the people who really achieve stuff, they're just immersed in their work. <laughs> and, and that's what you really want to be. Um, yeah. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast today. Um, I hope that we can come back and talk about some other stuff sometime. And, um, I think that I'm really happy to see you looking so good and living in Thank Florida you. now. You're doing great. I hope your new studio, what's it called? Live Life Moving? Yep. And people can find it on livelifemoving.com. Yep. And there's virtu it's virtual and in studio. So we do both. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And it's a combination of Pilates and strength training, but just stuff to get 
to make sure you're moving well, that's not, doesn't require too much of a commitment. <laughs> so it's not, a, you know, it's fitting into your lifestyle rather than wrapping exercise, you know, rather wrapping your lifestyle around exercise, it fits into your lifestyle instead. That's great. I'm really thankful to Erin Ellis for coming on the podcast. Next week, we're going to be talking about different subjects. We'll bring some more fashion back. We'll talk about the holidays, how sometimes when you're an actor, you don't get to spend the holidays with your family and what that means. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy this podcast, please rate it on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe where I think you can follow it now. They've changed it. Please tell your friends. I would love to get this community growing. I'm here to serve you, and I am here to just give and share the information. I love you, and I will talk to you soon. The Showgirl Tip of the Day podcast has original music composed by Joshua Holloway. Find him on YouTube, Joshua Holloway Music. This podcast is written by Michelle Bruckner and edited by Michelle Bruckner and Joshua Holloway. Find me on Instagram, Showgirl Tip of Day. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again next week with a new episode. Show, show.